episode 91 of Board Games with Barry and Hex is all about coffee shop games. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Aaron and I talk about two games small enough to play on a coffee shop cafe table, Deep Sea Adventure and Skulls of Sedlek. We'll be talking about how to play these at two, but you can play Sedlek with up to four and Deep Sea Adventure with up to six. And the Deep Sea box we have is bigger than the regular one, and I'm not sure why. You can see that in the picture for the episode. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Aaron talking about Deep Sea Adventure and Skulls of Sedlek. Did you know that if you've spritzed water onto a coffee bean and then put it in a grinder, it has less static? Unfortunately, yes, I do know that. They don't do that at the coffee shop, though. They have fancy grinders. But they do allow you to play board games. Okay, I think you should have went for Deep Sea Adventure, Water, Something. You could probably edit this around. I don't I don't intend to. We're going to talk about Deep Sea Adventure and Skulls of Sedlek, two great coffee shop games. It's been a long time since we've done a coffee shop games episode, I think. But not since we've played games at a coffee shop. No, that's what's so silly. But we have been able to secure the big tables. Not every coffee shop has a big table. Right. We've been able to secure the big tables at the coffee shop, which means that when we go Saturday mornings, I'll put a couple big board games that I usually wouldn't expect to be able to play there, and then I'll put some little ones in too. In case we get stuck in with case a we, small table. In case we don't get a big table. But we are, have been able to command like a six-seater table at the coffee shop quite a few times. And then the people who want to sit there with their large groups just stare at us. They don't. They don't. Up. They don't. It's, they're very nice. It, they're very nice, yes. Deep Sea Adventure, though, and Skulls of Sedlek we would call coffee shop games because they're not just two-player-only games. You can play with many different player counts, and you can still play on a pretty small table. Like, one seat at that table is enough space to play that game for every person that needs to play it. That is accurate. Yeah. Some of these other Euro games, big board games, no matter how many people are playing it, you need a big table, and then how, how big it needs to be might be a little variable after that. So Deep Sea Adventure is an oink game. They make a lot of games that are small games, and Skulls of Sedlek is a button-shy game. They make, they make a lot of games. That are even smaller. So the Deep Sea Adventure and the oink games come in, it's bigger than a playing card box, but not a lot, like a couple playing card boxes together about. Skulls of Sedlek is smaller than a playing card box. It's like a wallet. So there's usually 18 cards in just the base game of a button-shy game. And there'll be nine nine cards on each side of like a little plastic wallet with just like a clear panel inside to hold the game. So highly portable. And Skulls of Sedlek, in it, you stack skulls in the Sedlek ossuary to help the deceased finally rest peacefully. But really... You're just matching stuff. You're, you're just matching stuff. You have all the cards ha- are split in half with two different types. There's a little skull on each half but there's like romantics there's peasants there's royals etc etc and you're building again in the kind of base skulls of said like you're building a little pyramid of these skulls and they have scoring conditions based on sometimes what's in the same row as them sometimes what's next to them sometimes it doesn't matter and it's at a, all it's a pyramid it's a it's three cards high but then for scoring purposes it's six levels high because each yes. card as you mentioned is cut in yes half. it's like there's two rows of four two rows of three two rows of two yeah and it's yes. i felt like it's a very charming quick to learn fun coffee shop game i think everyone should have it 
it I think it is really good. There are lots of expansions. That's another theme with button shy games that you don't see with oint games, where eventually you have three wallets full of this game. We did just play the basic one, but all of those expansions also add some more replayability, more variability to what you what the game offers overall. The constraint of it, because you could just be, you know, having a hand of cards playing these out so be it. You have your little pyramid. The constraint is that you have six piles of cards that are face down and you start with maybe a couple cards in your hand, but you have a two hand hand limit, two card hand limit, which means you can't really hold on to things forever. If you are, if your hand is full, you can't pick up anything else. You have to play something out of your hand. I think it's not play and draw. It's play or draw. Yeah. So if you choose to draw, you don't get to play and vice versa. So even if you have two cards in your hand and they're like the cards you really want to play, sometimes you have to delay playing one of them because you want to pick up a card. But then as Kelly mentioned, if you have two already, yeah, you have to you play. You have to play something. And because they have different scoring conditions, you might want to hold on to something because you know you're not going to be able to take advantage, best advantage of yeah. its scoring condition given the current state of your board. Now, like when, any good pyramid, royals go at the top. Okay, let's go with that. When you're picking up cards from the six piles that are face down, you can reveal two different cards and you have to take one of them. Like from two different piles, you have to take one of them. Or you can just take a card that's already face up. So then there's that thing of you could reveal two cards that you don't even like and now you still have to take one. You could reveal two cards and that allows the other player or players to to have more to choose from and also to be able to take a card without that risk of having to reveal something they don't actually want of course you might reveal two cards when they have two cards oh and then, then they won't be able to, to pick both of them right yeah 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 these are things i did not even think about i think button shy does a very nice job of putting a lot in a game that's essentially always made up of 18 cards this is one of my favorite one of one of their titles yeah and they don't even always have the same designer i've already let the board game geek page go for this one i'm not sure who designed this one but to be consistent across all the games they publish it's not like they have an in-house designer that's always conforming to this criteria you see all these different perspectives on this constraint because there's a there's a game by elizabeth hargrave in there called tussie mussy that's a button shy game um Scott Alms, I think, maybe has more than one button-shy game. So you see different people's approaches to this constraint of only 18 cards. Yeah, and I feel like creativity through constraints is always a thing that I think is fascinating. And I think like some people are like, oh, we can't limit our artistic ability. But I think sometimes constraints drive artistic ability. And my artistic ability was highly constrained when we played uh, Deep Sea Adventure because Kelly did her best Aaron impersonation. And was like, no one's oh, going to score any points. I didn't have a good time uh, playing it. Now, we, even though I said that the Oink games don't typically have expansions, or it's not as much of a focus for, as it is for Button Shy, we did play with an expansion for Deep Sea Adventure where you have a, you replace one of the two dice that come in the game with this kind of like wild dice that has a 3x multiplier on it. It has a face that says that you are going to, the number of people going the same direction as you is the number of right. pips on that Which die. Which for us was always zero or one. 
Yeah, so it's not as exciting in a two-player game. I think the expansion in general is not as exciting in a two-player game. Um, so I don't think I would do that again. And then otherwise, the die faces on it are just regular old pips. Mm. When you buy that expansion, it comes with a tiny little dice tray that does fit in the box, but is otherwise pretty useless because of how small it is. Yeah. It's very cute, though. And yeah, you are... This is a semi-co-op game, I would say, because you are all individually scoring points. But as you play the game, you are collectively using one oxygen tank is what they call it. So as you dive, if you're not carrying any treasure, then that's fine. You're not like using any oxygen. But apparently as soon as you pick up a treasure. very scientifically based. (laughs) Yeah. As soon as you pick up a treasure, you start using up the oxygen. So I think the deal is that you're using such a marginal amount, but you need to use more if you're burning. If you're sure. And I... I don't care. Like, I'm like, I'm fine with them creating whatever oh, they yeah. need you, to you for the game. You suspended your disbelief. I did not need to yes. make it better. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine with that. So the board in this game are these little tiles. They st- they're triangles. They add a side to the shape as you keep going down. And there'll be like maybe eight or so of each shape. And you make a trail of those shapes to kind of be the path down to the bottom of the ocean or bottom of the dive. And the bottom of the dive has the most valuable treasure. Because yeah, all of the these... other side of the thing is points and you don't get to see what they are. No. Even until the end of the game. After you, Even after you pick them up, you're going to get to look at them. Yeah, and you play kind of three rounds of going down and doing these dives. Well, when you pick one up, you take it back. But that means that every time you roll, you have to subtract your number of treasures for how much you're going to be able to move. Yeah, and there's so it's six harder sided, to get back up. There's six sided die, but the most pips on any side is three. Is three, yes. So if you pick up two treasures and then can't stop rolling two, then you're just sitting in the same place. You don't move backwards. You don't move backwards, but you keep using oxygen, and you are unable to make it back to the ship. So if you make it back to the ship, you get to keep your treasure. If you don't make it back to the ship before the oxygen runs out, you drop your treasure. It goes to the bottom of the ocean. You don't die. Like you, you get to do the next round, but you just have no points. If you're about to get out with a reasonable sized treasure, then someone else can just pick up five treasures and uh, take all the oxygen. Yes, they sure can. And then nobody scores. And then you finish the game and nobody scored any points. So you sort of both win and yet everyone loses. My note is that I was in watch the world burn mode after Aaron was being pedantic about the rules and then like about six fire emojis. Was I pedantic about the rules? That's what the comment oh, says. Yeah. You're supposed in... to declare uh, before you turn your little dude around. Oh, before your roll. If you, yeah, like if you're going to, because you're supposed to like, you go deep, deep, deep. And then at some point you have to decide to turn around and it's a one-time decision. Yeah. And yeah, you, you don't roll... have to go back and forth. Like if you were pretty deep and you rolled like a high number, it might behoove you to turn back around, but you have to technically declare it before you roll. Mm-hmm. And, and then f- what, full did, disclosure, what did you do? Full disclosure, two turns later, after having corrected Kelly, I turned my thing around after I've rolled. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. I was, I was going to turn back. So despite the time that we had with it right then. Oh, it was, I mean, maybe somewhat contentious. It was. It is a better game, I think, than the time we had just then. And Oink Games now has one oink game app that has a bunch of their games in it now that's convenient because it's all in one it's all in one app it's inconvenient because and that app is free but inside of it you can play deep sea adventure for free and it's very well done very well done but all all the other games 
you have to pay. Maybe they'll get bought them. by Asmodee and end up on BGA. I don't know that we want that to happen. And you wouldn't have to be bought by they wouldn't have to be bought by Asmodee to end up there. Deep Sea Adventure on BGA would be great. Oh, it'd be a, like a very nice BGA. A nice. I mean, all the old games are BGA able. Uh, well, the drawing fake artist goes to New York could be a little tricky. I don't know about that one, so I didn't You've consider it. it. Well, I play a lot of what things. What are the ones you're considering? You know what? I think okay, this is... Okay, so uh, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have followed is, up on that. That's right. Now, another uh, game that is fully cooperative from Oink Games that is very similar to Deep Sea Adventure. I think it's called Moon Adventure? Yeah, it's the mechanics are very similar, except you're on a team. Yeah, and the the box is like double size. It's like taking two Oink game boxes, mm-hmm. putting them together. And you do still have, you know, deep sea adventure, mood adventure. Either way, you need oxygen and it's not there. Yeah. But you are now actually working together. You have a little robot companion. That so game is actually pretty fun. I think that overall, especially for two players, moon adventure is better than deep sea adventure for two players. I Completely agree. I think Deep Sea Adventures is a little more fun when you have a lot of people playing because that also means a lot of people pick up treasures and maybe drop them. And when you pick up a treasure, you kind of replace it with this blank tile. And then the at the end of the round, the board, which again is all these tiles you've laid out, collapses. So it becomes shorter. Right. So, I mean, overall, if what you do on the first round, if everybody on the first round picks up a bunch of treasures and nobody makes it back, you collapse it down, and you make these big piles at the end that are more valuable. Right, And, and then it's easier only count, to get to them. They only count against you as one. Each one pile weight. of those? If you pick up a pile, the weight of the pile is one in terms of your oxygen. Well, in no way did we play that game. Well, optimally. no. We, yeah, because you burned no. the house down. I think you lit the fire, and I refused to put it out. In the, I mean, honestly, it was a deep ocean and the fire raged. It was powerful. Yeah, some sort of gas or like chemical fire. Really yeah. more of a chemical burn. And then playing... we played Skulls of Sedlec. It was. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's not the most upbeat coffee shop game. So I was going to say, I've been playing Subnautica and in no way does that. It feels a bit like Deep Sea Adventure, but it's, uh, it's a video game. It's kind of open world. You can choose how deadly you kind of want it to be or if you want it to just be an adventure but you dive down you're trying to make things but you can like build an underwater base that's oh, kind of yeah. here nor there except that well the other oink game lets you build oxygen like build oxygen producing machines where you can't well, do you that you built like these oxygen tanks and then in moon adventure there's a car there's a car but there's something about like you you can use the oxygen but then it kind of becomes a bit of a obstacle on your way back up if you've used it right yeah i think they can get like the oxygen tanks can be like outdated or something or they can become something like, happens contaminated or something i forget but right right we've kind of wandered all over on this coffee shop games yeah just but, you a know, watery uh, adventure and also skulls yeah i think we'll just Finish where we started. Spritz your coffee before you put it in the grinder. Oh, and have uh, fun. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to finish with something else about the skulls of Sedlec before we go. And that is because we we're saying these is, we're kind of getting dark themes. But the skulls of Sedlec, despite the kind of dark theme about it, is absolutely like adorable. Oh, like, the it's art as is adorable. Very it feels it's not exactly. It feels more like uh, sugar skulls, like Day of the Dead sugar skulls kind of a vibe than it does like gory or kind of like you can absolutely play with a five-year-old i mean they might not be good to watch yeah yeah it it doesn't look yeah it's not grotesque it's well there's like there's that like cinematic skull what is the movie that that people watch these days with the with the boy who's dead 
and his dad was a musician. Oh, it's not like it's not exactly like that, but the art feels like that. What is that called? We're gonna have to figure it out. I just saw it for the first time not that long ago. Sad, but yeah. that is also Day of the Dead. Oh yeah. So you're saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You're, we're saying the same thing. We're yeah. saying the same thing. Okay, now go ahead with your coffee spritzing. What? Oh, how- I mean, it just it just reduces static and gives you a better experience while you're trying to produce your espresso. No, how are you gonna end the podcast about that? I was just gonna tell people to do it and make their lives better. That's better. that's it. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to episode 91. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com, and you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. The movie title that we could not remember is Coco. I can't speak for your experience, but it might be S-tier in terms of how much a child's movie can make you cry. I say play Skulls of Sedlec instead, very unlikely to bring tears to your eyes. In addition to the Oink Games app, there's also a version on Switch for 20-some dollars. And as a final note, we thought it'd been a long time since we had a Coffee Shop Games episode. There was one about 10 episodes back, and then there's two more in the 30s episode range, maybe like 31 and 34. We'll probably do a lot more of them as we're playing through our collection between now and Gen Con. The next episode will be our first thematic games episode, where we'll be talking about Harry Potter IP games. Unless you're listening to these in reverse, in which case you have 90 more episodes headed your way, the next one being our review of an exit game called The Gate Between Worlds. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. <laughs>